series on predestined to his purpose and in today's teaching we're going to have a look at um, how our Lord Jesus has redeemed us from sin and God the Father has redeemed us from sin through the sacrifice of his son and uh, the opening scripture we'll look at is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 the scripture says for he that's talking about God the Father made him talking about our Lord Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him and so we said at the outset of this teaching that um, God has made provision through the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus for all men to be saved and so we need to understand what it, the salvation is that Jesus in fact has accomplished for us on the cross now most think that um, salvation is merely a forgiveness of our sins but although that is a very necessary part of salvation it's not all that pertains to what salvation is for there's far more to our redemption than just the uh, forgiveness of our sins in Ephesians 2 1 the scripture tells us that all mankind are dead in trespasses and sins and so in order for God to save mankind it was necessary for Christ to redeem us from both our sin and death not only that our sins might be forgiven and so the way that God dealt with our sin was that he placed the sin of the whole world on his son Jesus Christ when he uh, sent him to the cross and that passage of scripture that we've read obviously uh, confirms that truth for us and so every sin um, that man committed from the time of Adam until the end of the age when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth was placed upon our Lord Jesus Christ when he went to the cross and so he paid the price for all of mankind's sin um, and so we've as we said there uh, Jesus died for the sin of the whole world however there are two categories of sin that our Lord Jesus Christ did not die for in other words these these two categories of sin God the Father did not place upon his son when he sent him to the cross and the first category uh, of sin that we will discuss now that Jesus never paid the price for is in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 and 28 the scripture says and as it is appointed for men to die once but after this the judgment so Christ was offered for one, offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation and so um, we see this passage of scripture that the, the Bible tells us that when our Lord appears the second time that he will appear apart from sin for salvation so what does that mean well it simply means that up until the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ all mankind can be saved um, but it's at the at the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ that the door of salvation is then closed and no one can be saved after that point in time and so when our Lord Jesus Christ re uh, returns to the earth to set up his millennial reign on the earth all unbelievers who are on the earth at the time when our Lord returns they can no longer be saved for if they could be saved all of them would be because um, they would see Jesus in the natural 
um, and none would be able to deny him any longer. And so they would have to be saved. However, the um, scripture is very plain to us that during our Lord's millennial reign, that sin will continue in the earth, that mankind, the unbelievers that is, will continue to sin in the earth, which is one of the reasons why our Lord will rule them with a rod of iron. Revelation 19.15 teaches us that. And if you have a look at the, the millennial reign of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, when our Lord returns, we have the rebellion of the Antichrist in his army right at the outset. At the close of our Lord's millennial reign, you have the rebellion of Gog and Magog and his army uh, at the end of our Lord's millennial reign. During the, the course of our Lord's millennial reign, the Bible talks about the fact that um, nations will sin against the Lord by not adhering to the Feast of Tabernacles and they will thus be punished. And so very clearly sin continues in the earth during the, the millennial reign of the Lord. Um, <clears throat> that's not at, it's not at that time that righteousness reigns in the earth. It's only when God our Father creates the new earth as revealed to us uh, by the Apostle Peter in his writings. And so all sin committed by mankind from the time that our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth until the very end of the age when God the Father then destroys the earth and creates a new earth and the, the, um, the judgment of all mankind takes place. All of those sins <coughs> are not accounted for by the, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ when he went to the cross. And so there is no forgiveness for those sins through the blood of the Lamb. Um, I'm not going to get into any kind of depth along that line. I do uh, speak about it in more detail um, when I deal with the series on the millennial reign of our, of our Lord Jesus. But suffice it to say that Jesus did not die for those sins. Because had he died for those sins, men would be able to be saved when he returns to the earth. And that, he, that cannot happen. The second category of sin that our Lord Jesus Christ did not die for. In other words, God the Father did not place these particular sins on our Lord when he went to the cross. Uh, is actually the, mo the mo more important category. And that we pick up in this passage of scripture, Luke chapter 12, verse 8 to 10. Um, our Lord speaking and he says also I say to you whoever confesses me before men him the son of man will also confess before the angels of God but he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God and anyone who speaks a word against the son of man it will be forgiven him but to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit it will not be forgiven and so there are two eternal sins that our Lord records in this passage of Scripture which cannot be forgiven. Now, the reason they cannot be forgiven is because God the Father has deemed them to be unforgivable sins. And the one that everybody knows about, obviously, is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Our Lord mentions that. But the second one is denying Jesus Christ as Lord. And so our Lord says, if you guys deny me in this life, I will deny you before the angels of God and before the Father. And so that's an eternal sin. And so those two categories of sin uh, cannot be forgiven. Um, the blood of Christ does not wash those sins clean because they're eternal. God has, the Father has decreed these sins cannot be forgiven. Now, Jesus said, if you guys uh, say anything against me, that will be forgiven you. 
but he, he mentioned about the fact that if we deny him, he will deny us. So that's an eternal sin. And all, of un, all unbelievers commit the first sin uh, in, uh, that our Lord mentioned. For all unbelievers deny Jesus as Lord. And so they all c- commit that eternal sin which cannot be forgiven. Many of them also commit the sin of blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. But those two particular sins were never accounted for at the cross. And so uh, th- there is no forgiveness for those sins. Um, now, another important truth, we're looking at how the death of Jesus on the cross has accounted for the sin of mankind and has redeemed us from sin. That's what we really are discussing in this particular uh, section so that we can just, from the, the point of view of predestination, also understand, because there's a lot of confusion, a lot of people say, well, you know, Jesus died for the sin of the whole world, so everybody's sins are forgiven. And that's not the case. We've just shown you two categories of sin that are not forgiven because Jesus did not die for those sins. Now, when Jesus did die for our sins, another important truth we need to understand um, as it pertains to the sacrifice of Jesus. Um, you know, that's the, what the main thing that sets Jesus apart from every other religious figure in the earth. Think about Buddha, think about Muhammad, think about all of the other uh, religious figures that are put forward in the earth. Um, some of them are very good people, very good men, had, had um, good quality of life. And they put forward to the world as an example, and we should follow after them because these uh, can show us the way of salvation. But it is only Jesus who has died for the sin of the world. It is only him whom the Father has placed the sin of the world onto and he has redeemed us from our sins. No one else has ever can do that because everybody else is purely a man and they themselves, Buddha, he needed Jesus. Uh, Muhammad needed Jesus. All, every good man that has uh, raised up any religion in the earth have all needed Jesus as their savior because it's only Jesus that has taken upon himself the sin of the world. And the way that he did that, the way that God the Father did that, is in 1 Peter 2.24, it's revealed to us, who himself, talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. And so, why is it important for us to realize that Jesus bore our sins in his body? Well, the reason that we need to understand that truth is because Jesus is the sacrificial Lamb of God. Um, John said it in John 1.29, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So you say, okay, but what's so important about that particular truth? Well, we, the, the Old Covenant is put forward to us as types and shadows. And so we can go back to the Old Covenant and see what God did under the Old Covenant to show us what would transpire uh, under the New with His Son, His sacrificial Lamb. And so under the Old Covenant, um, what was required, what God required in order for one to be cleansed from their sins, forgiven for their sins, the sins were really passed over. They weren't really cleansed as such, but nevertheless, the Bible does actually mention they were cleansed. Um, But the point that had to be uh, adhered to under the Old Covenant 
was if the, if the Jews wanted their sins to be forgiven, they had to take uh, a spotless lamb or goat. Um, and what they had to do was they had to place their hand upon that lamb or goat before the, the goat or the lamb was slain. Then that lamb, we'll just stay with the lamb for now, would be slain and the blood of that lamb would then be accepted. That sacrifice would be accepted by God as the atoning sacrifice for their sins. So what's the point of putting their hand upon the lamb? Well, the whole point was the transference of sin onto the spotless lamb. So the individual had committed sin, they would go to the temple and they would present a spotless lamb to the priest. They would place their hand upon the lamb. Now that act of placing their hand upon the lamb was symbolic of the sin that they had, commi had committed being transferred onto this spotless lamb. That lamb then became contaminated with that sin. That lamb would then be sacrificed on their behalf and that lamb's blood would be offered to God. And that blood would then, God would accept it as the atoning sacrifice for their sin. So that's the type and shadow of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it goes a little bit further than that because there were two occasions when an individual had their sins transferred onto uh, a spotless lamb. The first occasion was when a person, a, a Jew, knew about sin that they had committed against God. So in other words, they had transgressed, they were convicted of it, they knew that they had transgressed. It was then required of them to go to the temple and present uh, a spotless lamb to God and follow this pr process. In other words, they would lay their hands on that lamb, that lamb would be slain, and the blood would be offered, and they would then have their sins atoned for. That was the one instance, and that is revealed to us in Leviticus chapter 4, verse 27 through to 25. But there was a second occasion under the Old Covenant when hands were laid on a, a spotless lamb, and the sins uh, were transferred onto that lamb. And that was once a year on the Day of Atonement. What would happen is the high priest would um, take a, a, a spotless goat, in this, in this case here, because there were two goats, one was the scapegoat and one was the goat for offering, and the high priest would lay his hands on the spotless goat and transfer the sins of the nation onto the spotless goat. But the sins that he would transfer, that he would confess before God, uh, and this was obviously all symbolic, were the sins committed by the children of Israel throughout the year in ignorance. In other words, they had transgressed against God um, uh, without knowing what they had done wrong. They had committed sins of ignorance. Um, and so God needed those sins to be cleansed. But the Jews didn't know that they had committed them because they were transgressing against the laws of God all the time. And so what God did was this once a year on the Day of Atonement, He accounted for all the sins committed in ignorance by the children of Israel on this occasion. And so the high priest on behalf of the nation would lay his hands on this goat and the transference of all sins committed in ignorance by the children of Israel um, would be transferred onto that goat. And that goat would be slain and the blood would be offered and the nation's sins committed in ignorance 
would then be claims passed over for another year. But what would, and that is uh, revealed to us in uh, Levit Leviticus 16.21 and Hebrews 9.7. But there's these two occasions that the, the transference of sin takes place. And so what would not happen, for God is not mocked in this area. So a Jewish person who knew they had transgressed against God during the year could not then just ignore that sin and say, okay, well, you know, when the Day of Atonement comes around, the high priest will get forgiveness for me for that sin and God will then forgive me. Not at all. God required the, the Jew who knew about his transgression to get forgiveness for that sin himself. He had to physically go and lay his hands on that uh, lamb and have that sacrifice uh, presented before God for him. Only if he did that and he had made atonement for all of his known sins would God then uh, atone his unknown sins that he had committed throughout the year through the sacrifice uh, that was offered by the high priest on the day of atonement. And so for the individual Jew who refused to um, offer the atoning sacrifice for his known transgressions throughout the year, um, he would not be excused then when the high priest laid his hands uh, on the goat for the nation for their unknown transgressions they had committed throughout the year. God would still hold the individual uh, liable. And so he wouldn't be cleansed from his unknown transgressions. And so he would be completely um, in his sins all the way through that uh, until such a time as he decided, or I need to now go and make a right with God myself. And he placed his hands knowingly on the lamb. And so that's exactly how um, God deals with the, the, the sins of the world. Because a lot of people say, okay, well, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. And so everybody's sins are automatically forgiven, and so everybody's going to be saved. Well, that's not the case, because um, Jesus, as our high priest and as the, the spotless lamb of God, has paid for the sin of the world, yes, most definitely, but is required of God that the individual first acknowledge their known sin. And their known sin, as we, we have seen uh, throughout this series so far, is their denial of Jesus Christ as Lord. And so it's only those individuals who acknowledge Jesus as Lord and in a, in a way place their hand upon Jesus. And then the transference of their sin takes place um, in the spirit. And God says, okay, now the blood of the lamb can be applied to your sin. So it's not a case of because Jesus has died for the sin of the whole world, I as an unbeliever can say, well, you know, God's forgiven my sins, so I'm going to be saved no matter what. No, I have to do that first as the Jews. There was the separation. Your, your known sin, you had to account for yourself, take care of yourself. Then God would take care of all, all your other sins for you. And so it is for the unbeliever, the known sin that they have, because it's only that one sin that God holds them accountable for. And that's the sin of denying Jesus. People don't go to hell because of their sins. They go to, the hell, go to hell because they deny Jesus. Because um, anybody who ex accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they, don't, they are excused from going to hell. Um, and so the blood of Christ cleanses them. But it's denying Jesus that sends people to hell. When they're there, 
what their sins were committed during their lifetime is what they will pay for, but it's the sin of denying Jesus that puts them there in the first place. And so all unbelievers have to do that one step of placing their hand upon Jesus, confessing their denial of him and repenting of that. When that happens, God takes care of all of the other sins that they've ever committed uh, throughout their whole lives. But until they do that individual uh, transference of sin, nothing else is taken care of. And so their sin remains. With regards to believers, it's the same thing. Because again, believers get confused about this issue as well. They seem to think that, well, Jesus died for all of our sins. Uh, and so I don't need to ask for forgiveness anymore because he's now paid the price for all of my sins. His blood has cleansed me from my sins even before I commit them. Well, no, God deals with our sins in exactly the same manner as he dealt with the Jews under the Old Covenant. When we know about our sin, we have to confess it. Jesus, uh, God uh, expects that of us, 1 John 1, 9. Um, he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's speaking about believers. It's when we do that that God then takes care of all of the unknown sins because Jesus, as our high priest, takes care of our unknown sins. He then presents his, body, his blood before God as the atoning sacrifice for all sins that we commit in ignorance. Um, for all of us commit sins in ignorance all the time. And so the blood of Christ is cleansing us from all those sins. But if we choose not to confess our sins, known sins, before God, uh, and receive forgiveness for those known sins, well then the unknown sins are not cleansed either. God is not mocked in this area. And so we just needed to understand uh, from the Old Testament type and shadow how the, the, the sacrifice of God, the spotless Lamb of God, applies to the sin of mankind in the earth. We have to do the one-on-one, -on -one, and God does take care of the rest. All of the unintentional sins we commit and the sins we commit in ignorance, God deals with them. But he expects us to deal with the one-on-one. -on -one. Unbelievers, the one-on-one -on -one is denying Christ and repenting of that. Believers, the one-on-one -on -one is any known sin we know we've transgressed against God. We have to confess that to God ourselves. When we do that, he forgives us. And Jesus then takes care of all of the unintentional sins and the sins committed in ignorance. That's the difference between the two. And we need to recognize that because, as I say, there is confusion in the body of Christ around that particular teaching. Uh, the extreme teaching says, don't worry about your sins. It's all been taken care of. Um, you don't even have to confess it. That's not true. We do have to confess our sins.